or is he a chicken sandwich kind of guy? <laughs> but uh, so I was almost discouraged from getting to know God and understanding who really God was because I was so hush-hush. It was so hush-hush about it, you know? And because of that, you know, I really couldn't, I, I really didn't get into praying. I really didn't get into reading. So I really didn't know who God really was. You know what I'm saying? And, and so because I wasn't reading or praying in my Bible, I really didn't have any connection or any sense of like really who God was, you know? And now that I look back on it to where I'm at, I see that like religion was like a checklist. Like you do this, you do this, you do this, and now you're good. Like you're good for today, you know? And I was just like, well, that's kind of whack. Cause like, what if I don't, what if I don't do it one day? You know, like what's going to happen to me then? But I started realizing that like, I didn't want to be a, like, see it as a, as a checklist, you know, that God, there, there's so much, something more to God, you know, there had to be some connection, some type of, you know, relationship you could have with him, you know, and now where I'm at, where I see, uh, you know, God as like Christian now, how I am, you know, I see that God really does want a relationship and not just with me, you know, for everybody in this room, you know, even if you think you're not worth it, God wants to know you, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's the part that really blows me away. Like the creator of the universe, the person who made the water, the land, everything, he wants us to know him. Like that's amazing to me. So now I see prayer as conversation with God. You know, it's not a, it's not a religious duty or anything like that. It's not like you have to cross it off the list. It's like you're praying and, you know, it's just you talking to God. Like just like your mom and your dad, you know, just like your parents. And another thing with it was there was like, you had to like almost confess. You had to confess your sins with a priest, you know? And I was like, well, like, why can't I just go straight to God for it? You know, like, and I'm not saying like, like, you know, don't confess your sin because the Bible talks about it. You know, that you should confess your sins, that it's a healthy thing. It's a good thing. But I didn't want to go to some random guy, random guy and just be like, all right, seven Hail Marys and then you're good. Like, what is that going to do for me? You know? So do what I did throw out the checklist, and strive for connection. Which leads to my second point. Searching versus salvation. So uh, you guys ever been like searching for like a hoodie or like a piece of clothing that you really want to wear and you just can't find it? It's like so frustrating. You're like, bro, like, where are my purple skinny jeans? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> JJ. <laughs> and uh, so uh, fast forward like seven years, you know, I, I believed in God and all this stuff, but I really didn't have any connection with him. Just like, just like Matt was talking about, you know, I didn't have any connection with God and I really didn't have that foundation of getting to know God or knowing, knowing Jesus really. And um, I was at this stage in my life, you know, it was junior year, you know, and like for you guys who are juniors or have been through junior year, you guys know that stuff is rough. You know what I'm saying? Like it's tough. You got the ACT, SAT, you got all this stuff and like, and they still want you to be trying to be like an adult or like trying to push you to that. It's so much, it's, it's tough. So I feel for y'all. But, um, so at this time in my high school, like, I guess life, I was like every other guy, you know, I wanted a girlfriend, right? So I was like, I was like, bro, I want a girlfriend, you know, like something to, and like, think of like the most cringiest, like Instagram couple. That's what I wanted. I wanted like all the cringy stuff, bro. You know, I wanted all that stuff, with like, like, the, like the little Mickey Mouse hoodies, like he's mine, she's mine. Like, I wanted stuff like that. I would... Hey, these were my BC days, bro. Y'all can't judge me. But, uh, so yeah, I was, that's what I wanted. I, I really wanted something like that. And uh, so basically, I was already painting a lot 
of these images in my head and kind of having a concept of what a relationship would be like, but it was just totally unrealistic, you know? Like, uh, like we're still in high school, you know? Like, a lot of, like, the mature and, like, real relationships, like, it's not going to probably happen. And ladies, let me get your attention real quick. Ladies, say hey. hey. <laughs> I always want to do that. But so I'm just going to give it to you all straight. Like, as a guy from coming straight out of high school, you know, I'm sorry, but the perfect relationship might not happen in high school. Like, it's, it, like it's, people are too immature, you know? And, like, I'm not trying to bag on us guys, but, like, for real, we'd be slow with relationships sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't get some stuff sometimes. We'd be like, they'll be on a different level, and we're still down here. We're still trying to track with them, you know what I'm saying? And um, so, continuing with my story, I ended up meeting this girl my junior year. And... Um, at the time, she was ending stuff with this other guy, right? So I was like, you know what? This is my time. Like, I can't go in right now. I'll be, I'll be that. I'll get that little rebound. You know what I'm saying? So, so, <laughs> so I was interested in this girl, you know? And um, so shortly, you know, time goes on. Like, a couple months later, I ended up dating this girl, you know? And I was like, this was my first real relationship. And I was sprung, like T-Pain type sprung, you know? Like, like the boys, like, they probably called me whipped at that moment because I was whipped. I was on a leash, you know what I'm saying? I was, it was bad. It was bad. But, so, the relationship ended up being super toxic, you know? But after a super long, you know, dynamic, like, crazy two months, you know, <laughs> we ended up splitting our ways. So, um... You know, and you guys could guess. Guess where she went? Back to the guy that she broke up with before me. I was like, I was hurt. It was her. I was, I was feeling it. And guess where I went? Back to the one thing that never broke my heart, Xbox. Come on now. Come on now. I know y'all feeling that. I know y'all feeling that. But, uh, but if I'm being real, no, nah, like, the heartbreak actually did suck. And a lot of people often downplay it, just trying to keep it lighthearted and everything. But if you've ever been through heartbreak, you know that that, it sucks. It really does suck. And it's, it's such a pain to go through, you know? And um, I just want to, like, kind of, like, throw this little advice out there. Like, if you're in a relationship right now or, you, you know, you're looking for a relationship or anything like that, you know, like, just don't, don't, um, like, I guess, like, don't see or don't uh, miss, like, the red flags, you know? Like, don't go for somebody who's going to be like, you know, well, if you love me, then you'll do this. Or if you love me, then you'll stop hanging out with your friends. Like, like that's, just not, that's just not how it's supposed to be. Like, relationships aren't supposed to hold you back. They're supposed to propel you forward. You know, they're supposed to build you up, not beat you up. And um, so after being left with all that heartbreak in uh, that relationship and everything after that, uh, I basically, I just didn't know how to cope with it. You know, I was really hurt. You know, I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with heartbreak because, you know, I'm still in high school and I'm still immature and everything. So, you know, I, I turned to like partying and I turned to, to smoking and drinking and all this stuff. And, and it was just such a like, it was like a coping mechanism just because I couldn't deal with the pain. I couldn't deal with the hurt. So I, I turned to stuff like that. And so I was constantly out and I was, you know, always just trying to get like my mind off the subject and not trying to deal with it, you know, and 
and yeah, like I thought partying was gonna turn to me, like it was gonna give me so much better things. It's yeah, bro, like I'm gonna forget about her. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. You know, I'm gonna forget about her. But it, it just, it brought back the situation and highlighted it even more, you know? It didn't lead to anything good. So I was basically at this point and I was basically at my whole like rock bottom, you know? And before, like just to like, keep it a little bit more lighthearted, you know, like God loves to meet people at rock bottom, you know? And I want to read this uh, verse right here. It's Psalms 34, 18. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those, those whose spirits are crushed. You know, and at the time I was, I didn't know God. So if I knew this, I would have been like, yo, I'm, I'm set. But I didn't know this at the time, you know. And realizing from the outside on that relationship, you know, I realized that when you put your heart, when you put your soul, when you put everything into a relationship, that you're probably going to end up broken, you know, and, and, and it's going to hurt, you know, like that heartbreak. And I was in this place searching for fulfillment when I really needed salvation, you know. When I, when I was searching for all this other stuff, but I really needed salvation, you know. And let me just tell you all real quick, like, there's no better relationship than having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Like, I've never, literally never been let down, like Corey was saying earlier, never let been let down, forsaken, and even in my moments where I think I'm at my lowest, or if I don't deserve God, he's still there, you know, even when I was smoking, when I was drinking, when I was doing all this stupid stuff, God was still there for me, which, it just, it blows my mind sometimes, and I truly do believe that no earthly thing, not even, no, like, think about the thing that you would want the most in this life, well, that's not even worth it, versus compared to a, a relationship with Christ, and I just want to bring it up to my last point. Lost versus found. So like I was saying, after the breakup, I was at the lowest point in my life, you know. I was, I was so hurt. I didn't, I didn't know what to do, you know. And shortly after this time, my sister, Ashley, where's Ashley at? Shout out, Ashley. She invited my mom, my mom and I to church, you know. And she was like, I remember, I remember it was around October. And she was like, you know what? Uh, because we were, we were kind of like still doing the Catholic church thing. And she was like, you know what? For my birthday present, I just want you and mom to come to church. Right? Like she, she really did that. Yeah. So after that, we, like, we started coming to church and we started actually liking church. You know, we started like... It was different. It was like a, a, there's a lot of aspects that were different from the Catholic Church to, from this church, you know? And um, so it went on for a couple of months or so. And then my sister was like, finally, like, you know what? Hey, you should come to youth. And I was like, nah, I don't want to go to youth, bro. There's like kids with like diapers and stuff. They're probably boring. They're like, no, nah, I don't want to turn up with them. Catch me not there, bro. Like, why would I be there? But um, so I came to this conclusion. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to youth, and for you guys that don't know, I'm into, like, uh, photography and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go. I'm going to take some pictures, and I'm going to dip. You know, in and out, I wasn't even there. And, um, but I really did find something so much better, you know. And I remember coming, and I met Temez and, uh, and Johnny. I don't know where Johnny's at, but uh, I met both of them. And those were, like, that was my first connection with this church, the first people that I met besides, like, my sister coming to church. But, like, those were the first people that I met. You know, and like, I remember just during worship, it was like in that area. Like, I remember the exact spot. It's like over there. And I remember just like 
raising my hands and just singing all the words on the screen, and I was just completely wrecked. Like, I felt God's presence with me. Like, it was unexplainable, you know? It was, it was just such an amazing thing that I've never experienced ever in my life before. And at that moment, that's when I knew, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done writing my story. You know, God, you take the pen, you write mine. You know, so I was so lost and I was doing all this stupid stuff, you know, and, and now to where, where I'm at, like, I know that I'm found, you know? I was so lost, but no, I know that I'm found. And I just want to challenge you guys who are like here for the first time or anybody who's continuously coming but maybe not getting anything, like just honestly press into God. You know, take one step towards him and he's going to take a thousand towards you. You know, he, he's going he's gonna to change your life in such incredible ways like he did with mine, you know? And even I had like, even I know like you guys will be inviting friends and stuff and, and like maybe they might not want to come or anything like that, but even I had my preconceived ideas, you know? I even was like, nah, I don't want to go to youth. I don't want to do that. I don't want to deal with that, you know? And I was doing all this, but you guys really, like, there's such an importance in inviting people because when you're in God's presence, things happen. Things change, you know? And what's, in, like, what turned, like, with God, it was just so crazy to me that even when I was smoking, even when I was drinking, when I was doing all this stupid stuff, that God still accepted me. He still sent his son just so I can maybe even get a chance to accept him. You know, not that I was going to accept him, but just for a chance. And that's just crazy to me. <laughs> Somebody dropped an egg. Um, and uh, I just want to like prove to anybody who thinks that they're probably not worthy of God or anything like this. It's in Ephesians, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. And truly, like, none of that, what I'm, what I, with God, like, accepting me and, and me having that whole experience with him, none of that was me, you know? That was all just God's undeserving grace, you know? And I'm not saying, like, when you give your life to Christ, it's not going to be rainbows and butterflies, you know, how some people might, might paint it out, you know, thinking, oh, like, if you, uh, if you accept Christ, you're going to get a Lamborghini. Like, no, nah, I'm not saying that. And, um, but here's the thing. Jesus will be with you through it all. You know, he'll be with you even in the hardest moments. Like, even if your car breaks down too. And uh, so uh, my car broke down just a little bit ago. And I think we have a, a video of the car getting loaded. Yeah, so... Yeah, I said grateful to God. I wasn't saying grateful to God because, like, finally I got rid of this car. Nah, I was saying that because, like, we were, like, it was, like, a sketchy moment. Like, we're, it was really, it was really insane. So let me get into that. So, um, basically, I used that car, I used that car uh, to commute to my school. I go to Cal State Fortin all the way, uh, yeah, up in Fortin. So I commute every Tuesday, Thursdays. So I was depending on that car a lot, you know, and... And so I was with my homie because I can meet with a friend and we were listening to a podcast, you know, and we were just, you know, just, just vibing out, you know, listening to the podcast and we're coming back from school, right? And, uh, or actually we were coming back from a youth event. So we're coming back from this youth event and we're in this area called Tustin. And while we're in Tustin, I just hear this weird ticking noise in my engine, you know, like, it's a weird ticking noise. And then I'm like, bro, like, okay, I'm just gonna have to tell my parents about this, like, Later on, you know, once I get home, I'll be okay. And then basically what happens is my acceleration goes out on my car. You know, my acceleration goes out and I can't even, I can't even go fast. You know, I'm just stuck. 
And um, because of this, we were stuck on the freeway, you know, and I was over here trying to speed up, but I barely had enough to get up off the ramp, off the off ramp, and then my power steering went out, the acceleration was out already, so basically we're over here barely making it up this off ramp. You know, my car's smoking white smoke, all this stuff, it's insane. And um, in this moment, I was like, how, well, how could something like this happen, you know? I, I got my car, I got my car like checked, I got the oil changed a week ago, fluids top off, all this stuff, you know? And I was like, how can something like this happen when my car just literally just got checked? You know, it went from perfectly being okay to just now the engine's not working to where I've lost like thousands of dollars on the car, you know? And that's what, that, like that same way, I thought that's how my life was before Christ. I thought everything was okay. I thought everything was all fine and dandy, you know? I thought, okay, yeah, I just got my oil changed. Like, I'm good, you know? But that's how I thought about my life before Christ, you know? And here's the thing, like, there is no check engine light in life. You know, like, your car will let you know, like, oh, it's about a, it's, something's wrong, something's wrong. Nah, there's no check engine light in life, you know? You don't know when you're gonna go. You don't know when anything's gonna happen, you know? And here's the thing, like, you could think everything's so perfect, something, everything's so good in your life, but if you don't have Jesus, I'm sorry, you're missing out on so much, you know? And honestly, just come as you are. You don't have to build yourself up. You don't have to get that oil change or anything. Just come as you are, you know? Come to God, and he's, he's, gonna, he's gonna change your life, I'm telling you. Uh, so as I conclude, I just wanna ask you guys two questions that um, I really want you guys to take to heart. One, are you relying on the world? And two, if there's a check engine light to life, what area in your life needs a check engine light? All right, so uh, I'm just gonna pray us out. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Dear Lord, we just thank you, God, for this day, Father. Uh, we're just so grateful for your, uh, your presence in this place, Father, and that, that students can, uh, can give their all to you, Father. They can give you their hurt. They can give you their brokenheartedness, Father. That they can just come to you, Father, and that, they'll, they'll ch that you'll change their life like only you can, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Hey, can we give it up to Ivan right now? Hey, we got one more speaker. Before we move on, there's just a couple things that I want to repeat that Ivan had said. And um, as Ivan was talking about the idea of, of religion versus relationship, I just want to say, like, like, here at the bridge, here at Bridge Youth, man, like, for many of you, uh, you'll be... For many of you, like you, if you've been a Christian a while and you get this question, so what religion are you? All of us, like we cringe a little bit, like just as much as we would cringe if we saw Ivan in that relationship. <laughs> you know, because you're just kind of like, like, uh, I mean, I don't like the, I don't like that word religion, right? Because here's the thing, we know it's not about religion. And as Ivan shared his experience uh, with the specific Catholic church he went to, let me just say, there is a lot, a lot, a lot of great Catholic churches. It's not about it being Catholic. No, there's, there's a lot of great Catholic churches and a lot of Catholics who love Jesus, who love God, who are pursuing him, doing his work. Um, that's not what we're saying at all. Um, whether Catholic, Christian, whatever, um, we're just saying it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. See, a religion, like Ivan said, gives you a checklist, but a relationship gives you connection. Now, 
if you're like me, a checklist never did anything for my life. But I've had a lot of relationships in my life that have just been a blessing, have been game changers, have been the thing. When, when life goes wrong, when everything seems to be in the middle of a storm, I've never leaned on a checklist. I lean on my relationships. And in the same way, that's the type of relationship that you could have with God, the one that in the toughest of times, what do you do? You lean on God. You can't lean on a checklist. And I just wanted to say really quick, as Ivan talked about um, kind of the, the heartbreak that he went through and the heartbreak that he dealt with. Uh, I know oftentimes as teenagers, um, when you get into a relationship, uh, first off, like if you're in junior high, just don't. And all the high schoolers said, amen. <laughs> high schoolers, you got to help me. Like Freshmen, sophomores, please help your boy. Go tell our junior hires because you know, you already, you already done made those mistakes. You know what it's like to be in junior high trying to be in a relationship, all right? Go let them know because they won't listen to me. Hopefully they'll listen to Ivan, all right? Like, let them know. And you know how you're ready to be in a relationship? When your parents say you're ready to be in a relationship. That's when I know it's not popular. To talk to your parents, man. They'll help you. But look, I know this. I know this all seriousness. I know that oftentimes a young person, a teenager will get in a relationship and they'll endure heartbreak. They'll get broken up with. They'll, they'll get hurt in the relationship. And then what'll happen is in the midst of very real hurt, you'll have a bunch of grown people tell you how small it is, how minuscule it is. And like Ivan said, is a lot of people will downplay it. Can I just do the exact opposite? And can I just affirm the fact that maybe even recently some of you have been through heartbreak. Maybe you've been through a relationship that was a complete letdown. And can I just affirm the fact that like the hurt that you feel is real and it does suck. And I'm sorry that it happened to you. I sincerely am. I'm sorry that it happened to you. But here's what I know. God has better plans for you than you have for yourself. And no matter who it is that broke your heart or broke your trust, God will never do that to you. In fact, God will do quite the opposite, and he'll even bless you in ways where in your next relationships, if you'll put him first, you ain't going to come last. So in the midst of anyone who is currently going through heartbreak, let me just tell you, praying for you, love you, God still has a plan. Don't think that your whole world died with that relationship because it didn't. God has a plan for you and it's a plan to prosper you, not to harm you. It's a plan to give you a hope and a future. Amen? Last thing, um, as he talked about, talking about being lost um, versus found. Um, yo, like it hit me right in the feels when you quoted your sister saying, all I wanted for my birthday was for you and mom to come to church with me. Those of you who think because you're the younger sibling that you lack influence in your family, don't believe the lie. God used a younger sibling to bring somebody, their older brother and their parents to church. Really, their whole family is now in church, all because for her birthday, she just wanted her family to be in church. You might be the baby. You might be the youngest. Where's all the babies at? Where you at? You're, you're mom and dad's favorite, okay? There's no arguing it. It just is what it is. It's tough. We all, the rest of us struggle with it, but you know, you're highly favored in the household. Um, you know, you have influence. You have influence. Don't be scared to invite. And then even like furthermore, with friends, with people in your life, you never know, you never know what one invitation might, might do in someone's life. I heard a statistic that um, 
by a, by a, a church studies organization that said 50% of all people that you invite to church will go. 50%. How often do we sit around thinking, no one's going to come, no one's even interested, they don't want to go. No, no, 50% of people will likely come to church just because they know you and you invited them. Which you can't because here's, here's the last thing I'll repeat that Ivan said. He said, here's why. Because in the presence of God, things change. I think so many of our friends, so many of our family, so many of the people in our life, man, we don't got to preach the gospel to them cover to cover. We don't have to know the whole Bible. Share a little bit of your story and invite them to church because if they get in the presence of God, I believe things will change. Anybody else believe that in this place? One more time. Can we say thank you to Ivan sharing his story? Absolutely amazing. Hey, up next, uh, up next we got a young lady whose story is crazy. And here's two things I, I just want to say really quick before I, before I hype my girl up and bring her up to come and speak. Um, one, I love, I love that she's a lady in the room coming to preach. Because if you're a female in the room and you feel a call into ministry, you feel called to be a pastor, you feel called to be a preacher, you feel called to be a leader, know this. There might be a world out there that tells you you can't and to slow down and to get into your place. And your place might not be at the back of the room. Your place, your, your place is at the back of the room, not the front of the room. Know this. You got a place here that believes in you and believes that you could and can and should be called to ministry, leadership. You should have my microphones in your hand. Your voice does matter. You should be in position, positions of leadership. You should be in positions of power. And we back you and we affirm you. And we say, man, if you are called to ministry, young lady, don't let nobody tell you that you can't be called to ministry because if God believes in you, God backs you and we back you and believe in you, who can stop you? Pursue that. Keep moving forward. So I love number one, that this is a young lady who's going to come and talk. But I love number two, she's a young, young lady. She's in junior high, y'all. So for you high schoolers who are over here making excuses why you can't be sharing your story, you got a young junior high girl who's about to come over here. You're about to get bodied by a young junior high girl. It was your excuse. But I love that because uh, so many young, so many junior hires, I think, oftentimes feel like, well, I'm too young. I'm going to have to wait. Okay, well, David, when he went into battle against Goliath, was probably 12 years old probably 12 years old, a junior hire. You got a young junior hire who's about to come and share her story. So man, like junior hires, you have a story and your story matters. You should share it. It's not something for you to wait four or five years to do. God's not overlooking you. Don't overlook yourself. God has a plan to use your story. Now let me say this really quick before I bring her up. This young lady, she's my sister. She's not literally my sister, but she's like my sister. She's like my little sister. So do me a favor. Would you take care of her as she speaks tonight? Would you talk back to her in in uh, a supporting way? And uh, would you shut down all distractions around you? If someone else around you isn't taking care of my little sister and listening up, tell them, hey, quiet down. Corey will punch you in the face. He won't, but he'll get someone under 18 to do it. He won't. It's just a joke. Don't don't email me. Don't, <laughs> don't tell your parents to email me. But I'm telling you right now, this is a story from a young lady that's unheard of. And I haven't seen a young person with a heart for God like this um, in a long time. She is inspiring. She's encouraging. She is, uh, she's got more, she's got more fashionable style in her pinky finger than, most, than half of this room put together. All right. She is phenomenal, man. She's called by God to do big, 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 big things. She's amazing. She's a natural leader. 
and she's about to come and drop some fire. Get ready to hear something that will encourage and inspire you. Do me a favor, stand to your feet, make some noise for the one and only Alexa Ha! Thanks, guys. Hold on, let me check something real quick for you. Thanks, guys. So I'm Alexa. If you didn't catch what Corey said, so hopping right into it, I've basically grown up in church my whole life, but that didn't mean that I started walking out my faith genuinely until about a year and a half ago. So in December of 2017, I was doing competitive dance, which took away from me going to church completely. And then fast forward to January of 2018, I was getting ready like girls do. And I started shaking. I couldn't talk to ask for help, and I had no idea what was going on. So later that day, I told my mom. And we just thought it was anxiety, but we decided to go to a doctor for it since we didn't know what was going on. And the doctor thought it was anxiety too, but we decided to get an EEG, which is a sleep test to monitor if there's any seizure activity. And basically, that seizure test came back positive, showing that I had seizures. So we didn't really think anything of it. It was just like a little like diagnosed thing. But basically, we got another test, an MRI done, to make sure that nothing was causing it since there was no history in my family of it. And we didn't think anything of it, like I said. But basically, what we didn't know is we would be getting a call that changed my walk with God in my life forever, basically. So basically, we got home that day. Everything was good. And we were sitting at the table, and I remember getting the call, and the doctor said, you have a 99% chance that everything's going to be okay, but then there's a 1% chance that something's going to happen. And that 1% was actually me. So I ended up being diagnosed with AVM, which is an abnormal vein malfunction. And that hit me so hard. When I tell you I was depressed, I was depressed. And that's a big word to use. Some people like use it for attention, but that wasn't, that's not what I'm using it for. I'm using it for reality. And basically, I was really depressed. And the friends that I ended up telling were not true friends. Do you guys know the difference between friends and true friends? I can tell you that I've met some pretty amazing ladies in here, such as Paige, Jess, Chandler, Kat. And, <laughs> and they definitely had a big impact on my walk with God. So basically that Sunday, I went to church. And I had always been pretty conservative in my group. I was just a quiet girl that sat there. I was like, OK, we're going to church. And that Sunday, I felt on my heart to ask them to pray for me. And James 4.10 says to humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. And even though I may not have been 100% comfortable with asking them to pray for me, I had to humble myself before the Lord in order for him to lift me up. And basically, all my leaders are pretty shocked because I've never talked. And then all of a sudden, I just dropped on them, oh, yeah, I'm having brain surgery. Can you guys pray for me? So they were kind of like, oh okay, and they prayed for me. And if it wasn't for them, I literally have no idea where I would have been because I didn't really have anybody else. Well, my parents, obviously, but I didn't really have anybody else tasked to pray for me. So basically, they prayed for me, and I felt like I was part of a community, which I didn't feel like at school. 
And it was such a big deal for me to know that somebody was standing by my side and I wasn't alone. So let me tell you, depression or disasters may be something that you can relate to. But let me pause my story for a moment and tell you, God is bigger than depression and he will see you through it because he did it for me so he could do it for you. And disaster may lead to depression, but God can deliver you from both. So basically, that came to my first point, community. And I went into my first surgery about two weeks later, and I went into it with so much peace, knowing that I had the I serve a God that is so good, and He didn't forsake me, and He was with me, and knowing that I had a community that was standing right next to me praying for me. And this isn't in my notes, but it's been on my heart that don't be the person that's saying, oh yeah, I'm going to pray for them. Be the person that actually puts that to work. Because if you don't put that to work, you don't know. Like, you may not know. There's, there might not be people praying for them besides you. So even though going through something with community isn't easy, it's way easier than going through it alone. So my first surgery ended up going really well, and now it was time for my big surgery. And this was pretty hard to think of, but I still had so much peace because I knew that I had a community with me and that God was with me. And one thing my mom will always tell everyone about my surgery is that I rolled into the room with a smile on my face because I knew that I served a God that was good and he was with me, and he had plans for me. So I'm not sure if they have the picture, but there's an image that they might put up. So I went into it with a bunch of peace. And I just want to tell you guys, if you're going through any type of storm right now and you need peace, ask God for that peace because God is the Prince of Peace. So several hours later, I rolled out of surgery being a miracle. And I was healed. And I was fun finally able to come home. And all was well, but that was so I thought. About a week later, me and my mom were enjoying sushi. Do we have any sushi fans in here? All right. And I was just out there enjoying my California roll. But <laughs> all of a sudden, I had a seizure. And it was an hour and 30 minute seizure. And I was on con unconscious, I had no idea what was going on. So I honestly had no idea what was going on. So I ended up getting airlifted to Rady's. And I remember waking up and my mom was like, sorry, sweetie, you're not gonna get the ride home that you got here. And I was like, what? She's like, you got airlifted. And I was like, what are you talking about? So with lots of prayers and lots of just peace through my family, I ended up just being a little side effect of surgery. And all I could do is thank God for getting me through it all and knowing the extraordinary plans that he had for my life. So this is what leads me to my second point, revamp. The definition of revamp is to give a new and improved form, structure, or appearance to. And this is exactly what I had to do with my mindset because if I hadn't done that with my mindset, I would not be up on this stage. And. Instead of coming to conclusion that this was the worst thing that could have happened to my life, I had come to the conclusion that this is the best possible thing that could have happened to my life because it improved my walk with God so much. And can everyone shout revamp it? Revamp it. All right, cool. So 
Instead of waking up and saying, God, why would you do this to me? I say, thank you, God, so much for putting me through this. Because I don't know what I would do if you hadn't put me through this. I would not be in church every single Wednesday with a calling of ministry on my heart. And I would not be the type of person that I am now if it wasn't for what he had put me through. And if God hadn't revealed the friends to me that weren't true friends, I would not be, I would still be stuck in the same friend group that was toxic for me, and I would not be the person I was today. So, he was with me through it all, and it says in Romans 8.28, pain has a way of shifting your perspective, disaster has a way of leading you to your destiny. So, as I move on to my next point, and as Chandler heads up, I want to... I want to challenge you guys with two questions. What is something that God's placed on your heart to revamp? And if you guys haven't revamped that, what's holding you back? Because I can tell you it was the best step in my walk with God that I could have ever made. If I hadn't revamped my perspective, I would not be where I was today. And I just wouldn't be sharing my testimony and pouring my heart out into each and every one of you guys if it wasn't for him revamping my mindset or me choosing to revamp my mindset. So my last point is give it up. And through this time of my life, I was trying to fight everything on my own and I wasn't giving it to God. But what God said was that's not the plans that I have for you. He's made to go through everything with us, but I just wasn't understanding that. And I had to learn how to place it all down at God's feet because even my friend told me that even when you don't know, God does. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Me not giving everything to God was like running a boat with a slow leak. You'll go for a while, but eventually you'll sink. And I can tell you that is exactly what happened to me. I ended up sinking and I ended up not being able to do it anymore. So eventually I had the opportunity to give everything to God. And this actually happened in therapy. And if I can tell you one thing, therapy is not a bad thing. It doesn't define who you are. It actually helped me so much. So I encourage you guys, if you're scared to go to therapy because you're scared of getting made fun of, you're scared of the judgment, don't be. Because I can tell you, it was one of the greatest things that I had ever had the opportunity of going to. So I want to give you guys the chance to give everything to God. He's had the opportunity to do this, and everything in my life changed. And I will always remember this day for the rest of my life. So right now I ask that everyone closes their eyes. I have something to give up tonight, and I know some of you in this room do too. It hurts, it does, to face everything on your own. So I challenge you guys, picture the, things, picture the thing or things that is hurting you the most right now. The thing that you can't bear to like, stand. The thing that's hurting your heart. And just picture that. Close your eyes and think about it. It hurts, I know it does. But I can tell you, it will get so much better from here. Take a deep breath and just take a moment to just think about it. And 
basically, now what you're going to do is you're going to act like you're on a walk with God. Just picture it. You and God are walking, and you're talking about this thing that's hurting you. And he's just asking you why you're holding back from giving it to him. You finally come to the conclusion that you need to give it to him. So now I put your hands out and picture you just giving that all to God, saying, I'm tired of doing this on my own. And just feel the overwhelming peace and presence of God flow over you. So basically, just feel the presence of God and know that you won't have to go through it this alone anymore because you gave it to God and now it's in His hands, not yours. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving me this opportunity to pour my heart out to each and every one of these students. I pray that I have touched somebody's heart tonight, God, and that you would continue to be with them. I pray that students' lives would be changed and that you would just continue to do things not only through this church, but the students in this church. I thank you so much for who you are and the plans that you have, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, can we give it up for Alexa? Good job, girl. Proud of you. That was killer, man. I can't imagine. Um, how old are you, Alexa? How old are you? 13. How old were you when you got your surgery? I cannot imagine what 12-year-old Corey would have done if I had to go through what she went through. The biggest reason why is because um, 12-year-old Corey did not have a relationship with God. And uh, I think, Quinta, did you, guys, did you guys end up having that picture of Alexa rolling into surgery? Is it in there? No, it's not, it's not in there. Um, if, you don't follow, if you don't follow me on social media, if you don't follow Bridge Youth, we're going to post that picture later because um, it's pretty rad. She's all prepped and ready to go for surgery. And somehow, who, who took that? I think Alexa's parents are here, yeah? You guys are here? Hey, thanks. First off, let me just say thank you for sharing Alexa with us. Um, obviously, she wouldn't be a part of our family if your family didn't release her to be a part of our family. So thank you for that. Um, who snagged that picture? Who got that? It was you. Somehow going into this, she must have looked straight over at mom and just, boom, got this picture with this huge smile on her face and, and um, when I got the picture to, to prep up for tonight, um, I remember seeing it and just thinking like, how in the world could this young girl who's going into a situation that could be potentially life-threatening, how could she have this big old smile on her face? Like, I'm a grown man, like I would have been so scared. like. But that's what the presence and the peace of God can do for you in your life. For you. My keyboard just stopped. Huh. I can just do it with my mouth. That's what God's peace and his presence can do for your life in any situation, in any moment. Alexa said, the doctor said, you got 99% chance. Man, the rest of the band, you guys can head up. You have a 99% chance that everything's going to be okay. And then she ended up being the 1%.
I can't tell you that if you come to Jesus, like you won't ever be the 1%. Somehow, some way, sweet little Alexa ended up being the 1%. And I can't explain that to you. I can't tell you why or how. I, I, don't, I don't believe somehow God like did that to her. I believe like she was saying that God allowed her to go through it. It's back. And so is the Holy Spirit. God allowed her to go through it and God will use it. I like saying it like this, Alexa, if the enemy was stupid enough to put you through it, then God's going to use it. And he already did tonight. You were sharing. Dang. What, is that a koala? Koalas are very territorial, actually. Be careful. Animal planet. Um, as you were talking, actually, I heard Vic behind me at one point as you were sharing your story, just go, dang, man. <laughs> Was anybody else just so encouraged by this story of a young girl going through what she went through and not wavering, not turning? When so hey, let me just like really quick, and I'm not bagging on anyone because everybody's story looks different, right? Like, can we just all say like, yo, everyone's story looks different. Everyone's road is a little bit different and that's okay. And that's what I love about tonight because on both ends of the spectrum, you got some perspective so you could relate to either one because Ivan, you and I did, you and I did the wrong thing, bro. Like we said, when everything hit the fan, we said, well, you know what? Like if I'm gonna sin, and I'm gonna sin big. If I'm going to mess up I'm gonna, and I'm going to run the other direction, I'm going to run as far as I can. And that's honestly like you and I, bro, like we were kind of the standard because that's what so many young people do. And let me just say, if that is you, you are not too far gone. Somebody tonight, you're thinking. All night you've been thinking. I'm just too far gone. Ivan is proof. I don't mean to put you on blast, my man. Ivan is proof, bro. You are not too far gone. God loves you. He has a plan for your life. He hasn't given up on you. You're not too far gone. You're not too messed up. If God could use me, if God could use Ivan, he could use you. But man, I love that we got a story of a young girl who when everything went wrong, she didn't deter. She didn't waver. She's like, she was she was anchored and said I ain't going nowhere and she rolls into surgery with a smile on her face and some of y'all need that kind of peace tonight because maybe you're not having brain surgery my god what a story maybe you're not having brain surgery but maybe in some other ways you feel like your life is just falling apart and maybe like Alexa said um so me and my mom went and got sushi and I thought everything was good. Well, so I thought. For some of you, you can relate to that because something went wrong and things seemed to get better and you're like, oh, things will, they're looking up from here. And then another thing goes wrong. And then another thing goes wrong. And then another thing goes wrong. And you're over here like, yo, when it rains, it really does storm. And can I just tell you, like, you don't have to run from God. Let Alexa's story know that you can run to God no matter what it is that you're going through. God's with you. He's not far away. He's not running from you. And um, dude, this was, 
I had a conversation today about this, Alexa. You didn't even know about this. I, had a con- I met with somebody today about this. Therapy is not a bad thing. You know, if you're in a place where you need help, like, get help. There's no, there's no shame in that. There is no shame in that. You're not weird. You're not abstract. You're not abnormal. If you need someone to talk to and you need even professional help or therapy or counseling, go for it. If you, if you need to try out certain medications, don't think, like, that doesn't... You had a, a 13-year-old girl stand on the platform and talk about, like, who cares what people think? Who cares what people think? Your mental health is too important to care what people think. You know, there's friends. I'm quoting Alexa real quick. There's friends, and then there's true friends. Your true friends are the ones that are going to back you and support you anyways. I've been in therapy and counseling sessions because I pastor you guys. And if I pastor you and you're so messed up, of course I'm going to be messed up. (laughs) My wife was on antidepressants for how long? Because she had a year, because she has such bad anxiety that we couldn't even do normal functioning things. There's no shame in that. You need help. I need help. We all need help in some way, shape, or form be ashamed to get some help that you need therapy is not a bad thing um and there's so there's like so many like i have all these things i want let me just i'm gonna throw a couple things out that she said that i want you to hear um it's not easy to go through some stuff in community but it's a lot easier than doing it alone she started calling out some names of people that are her girls her community the people her tribe her pack if you don't have a circle of people around you that are walking life with you, you can find it here. I've made my best friends in this room. They're the realest, most genuine people. They are the, can I just tell you like, I don't know what your church experience has been. Maybe you've been in situations that were kind of judgmental. These are the least judgy people on the planet. They'll be like, dang, you're actually doing pretty good. I'm way more screwed up than you. Let's like pray for each other and move on, you know? like. You got a community right here. Um, and, and I'll end here as we get into praying. Um, she talked about revamping something. It's about looking at it different. And whether you've gone through something like what Alexa has gone through, or maybe you've gone through something like what Ivan went through and his story and even heartbreak. And all you got to do is just begin to look at it a little bit different and realize what the enemy meant to use to destroy you, God is going to use to bring you to life. What if, Ivan, what if you didn't go through that breakup and you weren't in that moment of desperation when you arrived here? Maybe you would have arrived and said, I don't need none of this. I got it all together. simply look at what you're going through different and realize that if the enemy was stupid enough to put you through it God will use it he's so good at that you guys he's so good at taking the junk that we go through 
and using it for good. And only God can do that. Take something so messed up, something so rough, and use it for good. He'll do just that. One more time. Can we say thank you to Alexa for sharing her story? It's amazing. Maybe tonight you're, you're hearing... Um, you're hearing Ivan's story and you're hearing Alexa's story and maybe you connected with one of them or both of them or a part of each of them. And, and tonight you're like, well, this is, this is all, it's all fine and dandy, Corey, but like, I'm not even in a relationship with God. How, how am I going to have him write my story? It's actually so easy, you guys. God, God sent Jesus and literally made it so simple for us. All it is, is taking a moment to say, God, I give you my life. The Bible just says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. That's it. So you're literally going to have an opportunity right now. Ivan, how old were you when, you, when, when that slash, when the after began? By the way, Ivan created all the graphics for this series, uh, this graphic, all the ones you've been seeing on social media, using his gift and his creativity. Amazing. How old were you, Ivan? You're 17, how old were you? It's kind of tough, huh? The, the birth, thanks mom and dad, that's what's up. Um, no matter how old you might be, I was 15. Tonight could be your night. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Tonight could be your night. And that moment, Where you move over into the chapters called after can happen for you tonight. You're not too far gone. If you take Ivan, if he'll take me, he'll take you. Life, it's, it's not too rough. If God could get a 12-year-old through brain surgery, he could get you through what you're going through. All you have to do is say, God, I don't have my pen. Throw me my pen, babe. It's, it's the, there we go. Boom. Great throw. I don't know where it went. Got it. It was such a great throw, I just assumed I was going to catch it. This is how easy it is. Here you go, God. You just write the next chapters. I wrote 15 years worth of my own story, and those chapters were terrible. They led me to a deep, dark, lonely place of life. The last 15 years of my life, the last 15 years of chapters of saying, God, I don't want to keep the pen as far away from me as you can. You write the story. He's written such a better story with my life than I ever could. Your moment to do this is about to happen tonight. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes all over this place? Every single head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. I know this is a public setting, but this is a private moment that's your heart tonight and you want to simply hand the pen of your life to God and say God I want you to write my story I've tried to write my own story it's just not working I want you to write my story this is your moment this is your time I'm gonna ask you to respond in a pretty simple way in a moment I'm gonna to count to three and when I get to three I just want you to raise your hand that's it so simple and I know you're probably thinking, why do I have to raise my hand? I just really believe that when we respond on the outside to what's happening on the inside, it solidifies it in our heart and our minds and our souls and our life. So if that's you tonight, you want to give the pen of your life to God. You want to give your life to Jesus. This is your moment. This is your time. Don't miss it. Like Ivan said, none of us know when our time will come. 
None of us know when life will end. Tomorrow's not promised to anybody. Don't waste any more time. I don't care if you're 10. I don't care if you're one of our leaders. I don't care if you're 105. If you're in this place, you need to give your life to Jesus. Don't miss this moment. When I get to three, you raise your hand. This is it. This is your time. This is your moment. Here we go. One, two, three. All over this place. Raise your hand if that's you. Anybody else? Amazing. Hands are going up in you everywhere. Everywhere. Anybody else? Come on. There's someone, you're going through a storm right now, and you know, like, hey, like, I can't get through this alone, but if God got Alexa through that, you could get me through it. I want that. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Someone else, you're going through heartbreak, and you don't know how you're going to make it through. Well, I'll tell you what, man. God will help you get through it. It'll be so much easier when you're hand in hand with your Creator, with your God. Anybody else? Come on, one more moment. One more moment. Anybody else? Hands up everywhere. I know you've had your eyes closed for a while. One more moment, eyes closed, except for those of you who just raised your hand. If you're here and your hand's raised, you have a phone, you have Instagram, do me a favor, go open your Instagram app right now. No, just take a moment, no one else is looking around, eyes are still closed, Christians are praying right now, believers are praying. Those of you who have your phone, you have Instagram, do me a favor, just go and DM us really quick. Next seven, our, our Instagram's at bridgeYTH, this graphic right here. Those of you who raise your hand, you can look, graphic right here on the screens. It shows our Instagram. Just text next seven to our, our DM us, next seven, at bridgeYTH underscore. Here's what's gonna happen. We're just gonna get in contact with you and I'm gonna get you seven videos that I've created to just help you walk out the next week of your journey of faith. Uh, I'll tell you, like Alexa said, going through what you have to go through in community, it's not easy, but it's a lot easier than doing it alone. That's what these videos are all about. It's about not having to do it alone. It'll be me helping walk walk this next week out with you. I promise you, it'll bless you. Simply set DM next seven to bridge YTH. If you don't have a phone, we got some stuff at HQ you can fill out after service. Go ahead and do that right now. We'll get ready to send those to you first thing tomorrow. They'll bless you, I promise. So now what we're gonna do is, those of you who still need to do that or finishing up, we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray. I know some of you that raise your hand, you're like, oh snap, I've never prayed. Don't worry, I'm gonna give you the words. But praying is really just talking to God. And the Bible does say, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and he rose from the dead, you will be saved. So here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna give you some words. You just repeat right after me. This is not a religious thing. This is not magic words. But if you wrap your heart around these words and mean them, everything in you, the Bible is so clear. God's word is clear. You will be saved. So here we go. Every head bow, every eye closed. We're family. So we pray together. Everybody repeat this right after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you my story, I give you everything. You write the next chapters. Thank you for loving me and thank you for receiving me. I'm gonna follow you all the days of my life. No looking back, no going back. In Jesus' name, everybody said, hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Amen. Hey, I want to pray for a couple of groups.